Hello and welcome to another episode of Cast It Into the Fire podcast. I'm on again with Bill. Hello. And Mom. Hi. And we're going to do another review of a cookbook. This time it's A Feast of Ice and Fire, which is um, it's Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire, more based on the books. And it's in the official companion cookbook by Chelsea Monroe Cassell and Sarianne Lerer, if I'm getting the name pronunciation right. Um, they also right. have written other fandom cookbooks, and they run a website called In at the Crossroads, which has other fandom cooking stuff. And it's officially endorsed by George R. R. Martin. Uh, they live in New Mexico, so the same state as George R. R. and... Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Anything to say before? We've done several of these recipes, haven't we? We've done a bunch of them, not all. Most of them, I believe. Or at least at least half of them, I think. Not quite half, but quite a few. And not that we're going to be like in your face with spoilers, but it's possible you will encounter Spoilers while discussing these recipes and the context around them, so be warned. So, it starts off with an introduction about um, food and the place... um, Like food has in his writing by George R. R. And another introduction about the cookbook by Chelsea and Sarian. Now, beginning it, there's discussion about stocking a medieval kitchen, so it talks about um, different spices, like savory, which is um, described as similar to thyme, but more subtle, and I'll agree, I think it's got a bit of a sage-like flavor, too, personally. Um, Grains of paradise, which would be used similarly to black pepper, um... About meats that they had in uh, the Game of Thrones stories and substitutions you might use if you can't get them, like um, the aurochs is extinct, so you would substitute beef for bison, and I'm sure Bill is going to go on a bill rant about the species later, um, lamb for goat, um, Duck or other dark meat poultry for pigeon. I don't know if that's... I've never had pigeon. I don't imagine it being as greasy as duck. But Well, it can um, be. It depends on what you eat and how it's prepared. It's, there's a lot of fat, supposedly. On it. And some places you <laughs> can get pigeon common. meat, but it's not... It's not something I see where I live. Pigeons everywhere, but not pigeon meat. Game hens for quail, and it also talks about different um, kitchen items and spice blends you can make up from 
spices that some common ones, some that you may have to order online. Like there's something if I'm pronouncing it Padre Dos I don't know it Let me looks look at it. It's it's French it's, it, it's, it's French. Like oh it's French, then I won't get it right. <laughs> yeah. It's probably pow- powder powder Do- dose or something. Yeah. Well I never took French. It's a, a sweet spice blend. <coughs> I did, I was terrible at it. Um, cinnamon, ginger, grains of paradise, <coughs> nutmeg, galengal, and sugar. Um it's a powdery forte, if I'm pronouncing it right, that's or uh, savory medieval black pepper sauce. I believe we made up a supply of the Padre Forte. Yes. Um, We have a sizable spice assortment. Yeah, I I like my food not bland for the most part. An Elizabethan butter sauce, which I have not done. Medieval sauce for fish. Now, I've tried it. I've tried it with fish. I don't know why it goes with fish specifically, but it's um, it's made out of actually wine, sugar, or honey, or ginger, and you basically bo- cook, boil it down until the alcohol content is gone. And I've made it a couple of times. Roux... Yeah, R R O U X. Um, I'm I'm not a big fan of the roux personally, but it's uh. And what was that one again? Roux, you know, like the stuff people put in like Cajun cooking. Oh yeah, that. Medieval pastry dough and medieval sweet dough to go with, um, some of the pastry type recipes. Lemon pastry dough. And there's a summary of cuisines by region. So the Wall, the North, the Vale, the Riverlands, the Iron Islands, the Reach, Dorn, King's Landing, and Across the Narrow Sea. And the rest of the book is going to divide the cooking by region. Yeah, you could go, I think, to the index in the back if you wanted to find the specific thing, but... Otherwise, it's divided by region. So starting off with the wall, so where the Night's Watch are, it's cold, it's snowy. Um, is breakfast on the wall. Oh, um, yeah, that. It's what the the Lord Commander eats most days. Mormont. It's a ham steak, hard-boiled eggs, um, prunes... Dark bread. So it's less of a recipe as cook these things and put them on a plate. Yeah, but that, that's pretty I haven't good done it yet. Something but... with the Night's Watch or something. Compared to what yeah, nice. Uh, well, being Lord Commander has perks. Yeah, exactly. Although there are times that I do think the Night's Watch's food is unrealistically good sounding for what... Yeah, give an example of that. Oh, like there's a... 
like rack of lamb with herb crusted and there's like blueberries and sweet cream and at other times the night's watch is eating you know predictably like greasy bacon over bread or oatmeal with the blood of um one of their pack animals that had to get put down and there's no recipe for that thankfully in here um yeah but the night's watch is kind of all over the place with the quality of their food yeah um next recipe is apple cakes and there's a medieval version and a modern version and that's how it is with a lot of the recipes in here um i haven't done the medieval one it looks kind of like a fry bread kind of thing with apple in the middle And the modern one is more like an apple coffee cake type thing. And I made that. It was really good. Um, I will say its shelf life is very short, even refrigerated. Like, after a few days, it's done. And that's because it has sour cream and fresh apple in it, and that doesn't last long. Right. Um, I actually have an interesting story. I was cooking... um, I was making these and I was I was alone and trying to make some recipes, you know, with no one else around and I could get to the store but I'd rather not have to go to the store again. Um and I needed some wine to make the fish sauce recipe and I had some fresh apple cakes and I actually went to a neighbor and traded some apple cakes for enough wine to you know, nice medieval style bartering. Yeah, exactly. So I do recommend these uh, apple cakes but use them fast or freeze them if you have more than you're going to use right away because they go bad they go bad fast they'll start tasting kind of fizzy and yeah we dealt with that um there's buns with the raisins pine nuts and apple and i haven't done this it looks a bit complicated which probably more so than it really is it's like a little bread thing with the apple and pine nuts in the middle, and you kind of lattice the top. And not really latticed, you've got uh, openings in the dough to, you know, let the steam out. And they've got in both medieval and modern. Crusty white bread, haven't done it, it's bread from scratch with yeast and... Yeah. That's 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 pretty basic. Sounds a little more interesting than like your average Wonder Bread. It's got cornmeal and um, honey. Salad at Castle Black, pretty straightforward. It's spinach, turnip greens, raisins, chickpeas, oil, vinegar. At Castle Black. At Castle Black. Now keep in mind, it's already cold. The climate's kind of. Um, Alaskan-ish. And although primitive greenhouses for growing vegetables are a thing in the north, the Night's Watch does not have them because they don't have any glass blowers and glasses pricey. And, no, they just trade in theory. Well, So they do not have a greenhouse to 
yeah. get this stuff. So they have greens they trade. for some reason. Yeah, but keeping those greens good while... Well, I don't know. I mean, I agree. That's not easy to do. I don't think I've made this one. I mean, I've made enough salads. It's a normal salad here. But, um, mutton in onion ale broth. This I haven't done. And it calls for a pound of lamb bones or bony stew meat. It's not easy to find mutton, mutton at the store. I've noticed that. I think it's because... It's too much in the mindset with Americans. It's like, oh, the mutton, it's going to be tough. Want lamb instead. Yeah. Mutton's all right, though. Personally, I feel better about the sheep having gotten a chance to reach adulthood. No. Um, and also, a surprisingly large sheep can still be labeled as lamb under uh, yeah. current meat labeling rules, but... Um, if you're actually looking for mutton and you don't have any, like, sheep farming friends, your best bet is go to, like, a Middle Eastern butcher or, like, Journal Italian. Restaurant. Or, uh, uh, meat shop. Same for if you're looking for goat. I can't otherwise really comment on this recipe because I've not tried to make it. Um, we will likely do the recipes we haven't done over time, but we have quite a few fandom cookbooks, so we jump around a bit. There's a bean and bacon soup, which is another I haven't done. I think it's... Well, I was going to compare it to maybe like the ham and bean kind of soup thing, but the picture doesn't really look like it, and it's calling for canned beans. Yeah. Which isn't exactly very Night's Watchly, but... No. Uh, if the Night's Watch are getting beans, they're coming in a sack of them dried. Um, pork pie. Um, oh, and I should mention that before each of the recipes, there, there's a little quote from the books of the context of where the recipe showed up, um, which I haven't read off for the others, but pork pie, if I could fly, I'd be back at Castle Black eating a pork pie, said Sam from A Clash of Kings. So there's a medieval pork pie and a modern pork pie. Now, in the context of Samuel Tarley saying this, I assumed he meant, like, the smaller single-serving size of pie, but these are big. Yeah. Um, I've not done the modern. The picture made it look like it would be difficult, possibly, to make the pie shell and shape the dough like that. Maybe it's not as hard as it looks. And the medieval one just sounded more appealing, but I'm sure they're both good. So the medieval one, it's just like you've got your pie crust and you do ground pork and some seasonings, egg yolk, 
currents and dates, honey, it's um quite sweet. And modern has um Well, it doesn't have any fruit added. It's got onion and ground pork. Oh, wait, yes, it does. It has apples, cheddar cheese, barbecue sauce, uh, seasonings, but not the same ones. Hot sauce and ketchup for serving. Uh, Another thing I should have mentioned is that Next to the medieval recipes, there will be some medieval example of a similar recipe being done, not from Game of Thrones. And it's going to have the medieval spelling, so it's a bit... um, Like for the pie, it says, To make pies of Paris, tack and smite fairer butts, or buttes, I don't know, of pork and butts of... I think this says veal, but it's spelled different. Everything is spelled not modern here in this uh, 16th century example. Put it to... <laughs> I can't do it. To jejure in a pot with fresh broth and put there to a quantity of wine and boil it till it be enough. Then put it into a treen vessel and put there two raw yolks of eggs, powder of ginger, guess ginger, sugar, salt, and minced dates and raisins of corans and make a good thin paste and make coffins and put it therein and back it well and serve it from a noble book of cookery 16th century. Pardon any interruption. My dog is trying to eat a tissue. Hey, you don't need to be eating that tissue. Um, next up, peas porridge, which we haven't tried. Now, the picture does not look very porridge-like. It looks more like a chickpea salad-looking it's made from the yellow sw- split peas. It's not chickpeas, but it does not look like porridge. The modern peas porridge actually looks more porridgey. All right, I think sufficient paper has been removed from the dog's mouth. All right, here you go. Here's that here's that rack of lamb that just sounds a bit too fancy for the Night's Watch to be getting. I think they're just trying to make a show for the new recruits that uh, the rest of life there is not going to resemble. Yeah. <laughs> I've never even had rack of lamb. I have. It's good. No, it's... Uh, Rack of lamb with various herbs on, wine vinegar, and a mint for garnish optional. Lamb ribs are tiny. 
once again, I seriously have no objection to the sheep being older before it gets eaten. Iced blueberries and sweet cream. This I've done, and it was actually really good. That's another, this is awfully nice for that the Night's done. Watch. You're putting up a show for yeah, the new recruits, aren't you? Yeah, how are they going to get fresh fruit? Uh, well, there they weren't berries in, that grow in... There are berries yeah, that grow true. pretty far north. It's not really winter, winter yet. Oh, it's not winter, winter yet. Okay. Think of the berries that grow up, you know, yeah. uh, in Alaska and... And they do have the means to keep things um, frozen. They have, you know, c- cut holes in the ice wall that they are storing things like meat in. And berries are going to hold up to that better than your salad greens. And, well... The medieval version of the recipe, they say it's medieval crim bastard. And they are clearly trying to get away with um, using a particular word here. And they're like, oh, it didn't uh, mean that in the past. It meant custard. It's got, it's no implication about one's parentage. Well, that, that, that is a term. That it is, is true, but you know why it's here. Yeah. It's a bit of a reference to Jon Snow. And yeah, it's a thin custard and you pour it over the frozen blueberries and it freezes like a light layer of it on them and it it was really good. And there's a modern version which I haven't tried. And the picture is showing other berries besides just blueberries in it. And I don't know whether the custard is... How similar it's going to be to the... Um, 15th century. I'm also going to add... In real life medieval times, Europeans did not have blueberries exactly because that's a North American fruit. They would have had bilberries or whortleberries, which are very, very close relatives, so I'm quibbling over plant taxonomy here. But um, George Gerard put quite a bit of more North American-themed fauna in his books. Which is what he's familiar with. Uh, There's a... uh, Mold wine, medieval, and Southron version. Sounds good for a snowy night. Yeah. I remember the Lord Commander has a specific don't put any sugar in my mold wine. That's a Southron heresy. Don't, uh. I have made a recipe for mold wine that I believe came from the same writers, but. Um, I don't know that I got it directly from the book. I may have gotten it from the website, or maybe I did get it from somebody else. It was good, and it was chunky from having all the bits of fruit and spices in there. 
that you maybe would want to strain it with a strainer first. On to uh, recipes from the north, which would be mostly Winterfell and a bit of um, Mountain Clan, too. Yeah. Breakfast at Winterfell, that's another... It's not really a recipe, it's a collection of different breakfast foods. You know, the eggs, the rustic bread, the jam, sharp cheese, and some other things. But it's not a recipe so much as getting together these foods and serving them. And that's um, that's what... Catelyn Stark had after quite a while of um, not eating after a particular stressful uh, circumstance that happened in the books. Um, it sounds really good. I mean, the, the breakfast, not the stress. Uh, there's um, the oat cakes from the Mountain Clans when um, Bran was met up with somebody from one of them and they left left food there's a modern and a traditional the modern is sweetened it's got sugar in it I think it would be like a cookie traditional isn't sweetened with anything except for a little bit of honey and you know the sweetness of the berries that are in it I've done it blackberries pine nuts and both yeah that was pretty good it's um based off of a Scottish bannock. It, it looks like a cookie, but with how not sweet it is, you'd treat it more as a heavy bread. You got a a cold fruit soup. I haven't oh, yeah. done either of the fruit soup recipes <coughs> from here. I've had fruit soup before. It'd be good in the summer. Yeah, it would be. I'm remembering a completely unrelated cookbook called Pretend Soup and other recipes. And that that had a fruit soup in it, and I got all excited about that. I was a little kid. Um, it was all right. <laughs> There, I've kind of done a little passing endorsement to an unrelated cookbook that I probably won't be involving further in the podcast. But well, pretend soup, by the way, is uh, done by uh, Molly Katzen, <laughs> and it is a good book too. Um, it's onions and gravy. It's pretty straightforward. It's onions in a a gravy that you make up. It's actually got some uh, cider and herbs in it. A splash of brandy, optional, whoa. Onions are a recurring theme again and again in Martin's writing. Yeah, mostly in connection with Davos, but really all over the place. There's a Winterfell recipe. It's what uh, Benjamin Stark is eating at the feast. Buttered beets. Uh, beets are okay. I never really got into them. You like beets. 
Mom? Yeah, she likes beets. You Which love ones? beets. Like what? Beets. Yes, I love beets. <laughs> I love borscht. Uh, I love pickled beets. Regular you beets. You love gazpacho, too, I think. That yeah. has beet, doesn't it? Or is that just tomato? Mm, more tomato. Okay. Well, you've got a traditional buttered beets and a modern beet pancake, and I haven't done any of either of these recipes I think the buttered beets are a lot closer to what Winterfell would have had now you know who else I think doesn't like beets much is Bran and Tommen wanted to outlaw them which, uh, if he'd actually gotten that seriously passed as a law, I mean, tough luck on the beet farmers. Not your fault the king is, like, eight years old and doesn't like beets. I don't think that one never got seriously passed, but... <laughs> uh, turnips and butter. Um, I have not tried it, but it's... Kind of, the way they're describing what they're doing with it, it kind of reminds me of how scalloped potatoes are done. Yeah. It's got cheese and you're cutting them up sliced and... The the modern turnips and butter... Are there seasonings in it? That's got uh, garlic and thyme in it. Okay. I think those are more like being done up almost like a mashed potato, sort of. Okay. There's a beef and bacon pie. Haven't done it. That sounds good. It does sound good. I admit, I I feel a little intimidated by recipes that involve a pie crust and not messing it up. Um, Okay. You need practice with pie crusts. Pie crusts aren't that hard. Now, the medieval one looks like a normal pie with meat in it. Modern, it's got like a woven crust out of bacon. Yeah, hey, Pop, listen to this. Bacon, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my, like uh... That. That's yeah. just my tea over here. Okay. Aurochs roasted with leeks. Mm. Now, it, uh, it actually, it calls for bison or beef... Instead, and I will point out again, the aurochs is an extinct animal. You will not find one. I'm yeah. fresh out of aurochs in the cave. They're trying. They're trying to bring them back in some ways, but yeah, they. Bill, this is this is your time to about shine. Five thousand years ago. <laughs> no, they're just big cattle. They're the original cattle. They're huge. You know, some modern breeds have somewhat resemblance to them but very big cattle got hunted out thousands of years ago the Romans wrote about them well yeah they, they what was it Julius Caesar hunted them personally no and here we go with the 
here we go with the leaks again. I'm sure it's good, and it is what they made in the books. I still find the leaks kind of a uh, not the most interesting thing you could put on a roast. This cookbook, like the Red Wall cookbook, is very heavy on the leaks. Now the picture looks delicious. There's uh, a recipe for honeyed chicken, which I haven't tried, but I would like to try. Oh, yes, this is the thing that uh, Jon Snow drops a whole one under the table and his wolf eats the whole thing. Yep. It was how much? Wait, what did he drop a whole of? He drops a whole honeyed chicken under okay, the table. entire chicken. Dire wolves are enormous. They just gobble them up. Got, he, um... Yeah, please don't give your dog any... Entire honeyed chicken. Don't give your dog any cooked chicken bones or raisins. Among other things. Among other things, but yeah, those are two big but nopes. Ghost is a gigantic dire wolf, so... Yeah, this uh, chicken, it's stuffed with various um, dried fruits, including, as I said, raisins. Baked apples, that's another pretty straightforward one. You've got the apples and sugar and cinnamon and your butter. It's not so different from the baked apples from Redwall. A baked apple's a baked apple. Yeah. Yep. Um, on to the south. Now, when they say the south, I think a lot of the lands from that... are not directly in the north would count as the south, so I can see that they're including some of the recipes from the islands in here. And there's a, a black bread, which looks like kind of a rustic um, bread, and it's got beer in it. I haven't done it. It looks good. Yeah, it does. Leek soup. Leeks again. <laughs> and we did this, that one, uh. Didn't we? I remember we. Us doing oh, that was a Narnian thing. Oh, okay. But, we, we, yeah. we, we try various fantasy cookbooks to see what they have. Well, this is from a certain wedding at the Frey Castles. The wedding feast began with a thin leek soup, followed by a salad of green beans, onions, and beets. Now, here's the thing. The food served at um, that particular infamous wedding was noted as being kind of poor food for having... The king guesting and was thought as probably deliberately insulting. Yeah. 
So, hey, let's copy that recipe, right? Um, but, yeah, if you uh, really, really like leeks, there's a medieval and a modern version of the leek soup with lots of leeks in them. Oh, and the medieval one has saffron. That's hardly uh, insulting to the king, is it? I don't think I don't think Frey put any saffron in. Well, I imagine saffron was just probably about as valuable then as it is now, if not more so. I don't think Frey used any saffron. Um, sisters stew now. I made this one. You you both loved it. Yeah. This is from the islands called the Three Sisters. And it's a uh, fish and clam and crab. Um, I'd call it a chowder, and I'm saying this as a New Englander who has strong opinions about chowder. Yes, she has very strong we all have very strong opinions about chowder. For example, Manhattan might... clam chowder does not count and should not even be called chowder. Yeah, I think we all agree on well, that. Well, unless you're in Manhattan. Even no, if you're in Manhattan. I, I wouldn't call it chowder. Call it angry. red clam soup or something. Now, anyway, this clam does not have tomatoes in it. It's got, um, it's got heavy cream and evaporated milk. This counts. This is real chowder. It's very thick, and you can uh, serve it in a bread bowl if you can find the right bread. Um, this has saffron in it, too. I'm sure it would still taste good without, but the saffron also gives it part of its uh, kind of goldeny color of the cream. Yeah, we all enjoyed this one. Yes, we did. And uh, the next one is a broth of seaweed and clams. We haven't done this one yet. And it's it's the opposite of the um the soup on the, the stew on the previous page. It's it's broth, some cooked seaweed and a few chunks of clam in it. Very thin. And it's from uh Aaron Greyjoy, the priest. And it's part of his religion that things from the sea are holy to their um, sea gods. So he's into eating seaweed and yeah, that's he also carries around a thing of salt water that he drinks out of sometimes, which I don't recommend. Granted, I don't think he was drinking salt water in enough quantities to actually make himself sick, but... Yeah. I've got no intention of joining the Drowned God religion, so... Yeah, that's definitely not for everyone. You kind of have to drown yourself and be revived to join it, so... Yeah. Well, not always, but if you want to be, like, a priest or something. That might be a spoiler, if that's a spoiler. It's not that big a spoiler. Yeah, it's a minor spoiler. If you want to talk spoiler, I referred to a particular wedding. Well, okay. (laughs) Um, 
Next recipe is stewed rabbit. Now, rabbit is not easy to find around here unless you're either a hunter or go to some kind of really gourmet kind of store that would carry it. I have tried rabbit a lot of years ago. I don't think I'd feel comfortable eating it now more because of how many pet ones I've had and my boyfriend having a pet one in the past. And, but it's one of those things that I would say does kind of taste like lean chicken. Everyone says everything tastes like chicken. Um, I would arguably agree it's probably more humanely produced than chicken is. Yeah. I'd still feel weird about it. Um... <laughs> And the picture, it shows an entire leg of the rabbit in the stew. Of course. Now that looks a bit like how I think the hobbits that's did it. That's not what I would write. No, that's like what Gollum tried to do. And then oh, no, Sam, Gollum wanted it raw. And... Yeah, but then Sam, he, I, I remember, I, mean, I don't remember what, in the book it just says he cooked it. But in the movie it looked like he, you know, actually properly skinned it and took the meat and... In the book, they just like put the chunks of rabbit into like the yeah, water and but, put but some I herb feel like in them. It's implied that you know it was properly prepared. Anyway, that's how you should eat rabbit. Anyway, so it sounds like they're putting in the meat, you know, cut up except for the legs. That like they're showing the whole leg of the rabbit in the stew. And there's a modern stewed rabbit, which. I also see a leg in that. It looks totally different. It's a darker broth. It's got olives in it. Anyway, on to trout wrapped in bacon. I have made this before. It is very good. And I've also tried to do similar cooking based off of this recipe on other kinds of fish. Hey, trout isn't always just... It's expensive at the store. It's not necessarily always there. I don't always luck out and catch one. It, anyway, yeah, it's a trout, and you wrap it in bacon, and um, it's got rosemary sprigs and lemon slices inside. And the picture shows a whole trout with you know the head still on, which when I did this recipe, I did it that way for, you know, effect, because I was going to take a picture and... You don't need to use the head. You really don't. If that squicks you out, you know, go ahead and get a whole trout that doesn't have the head. Um, and you actually broil this in a baking pan. Um, you could also do this on the grill if you have one of those baskets that you you know, can put the fish inside of that holds it firm so the bacon's not going to fall off. And I've since, you know, done various fish, you know, wrapped in bacon, you know, and not following this recipe. That's a good idea. Yeah. Arya's uh, snitch tarts. Uh, there's a medieval Arya tart and a modern one that don't look anything like each other. Um, this is actually a hot pie recipe. Arya's not making these. Yeah, if it's anything like that, you can guarantee it's going to be hot pie. (laughs) 
Well, it sounds very good. It's got dates and currants and uh, dried figs, sweet red wine, honey. It looks excellent. And then there's blueberry tarts, which are supposed to be from uh, Horn Hill, where uh, Samuel Tarley is supposed to elect them as a kid. Now there's a medieval and a modern um, version of these. There's only a picture of the modern. I'm trying to figure out whether these tarts are the the big giant ones or the little mini ones. I think that the medieval one are the small ones and the modern is big. I did a Samwell blueberry tart recipe before but it was not out of this book it was from feastofstarlight.com another um, fandom recipe source that I'll uh, recommend I likely will do them out of this book eventually or at least one of them got some nice sounding seasonings in it Poached pears. Now that's uh, from High Garden. Now you're cooking the pears and seasonings and wine and more sugar and pears are sweet enough as is. Yeah. Um. They are. You don't really need to add anything to them. But then you don't have your poached pears. You kind of poached them in extra sugar. Yeah. Now here's, an, here's a recipe that I personally find a bit intimidating. There's a, the cream swans. And you're making meringues that you're like shaping into the shape of the swan. And the book has a template that you're supposed to trace over and um, use for shaping the the wings and the neck and... I'm not sure what that is. Part of the tail. And you're supposed to put like an almond for the beak. And that's from uh, the feast at the Lord Caswell's uh, castle with uh, Renly. And you know when he's partying it up and rallying his uh, knights. Honey biscuits, haven't done them. The medieval picture looks sticky, like it's getting honey spread directly on them. The modern picture looks like cookies. King's Landing, there's a breakfast in King's Landing, which, uh, you guessed it, it's not a recipe, it's a collection of different foods you put together. We've all, you know, been through this. Oh, uh, this one... It actually has 
cooked uh, traditional finger fish, which I'll uh, talk more about later. <laughs> oatmeal, gotta have your fish and oatmeal. <coughs> Berries, apples, porridge toppings, eggs. Who had this? Ah, Cersei. Well, it's good to be queen. Yeah. Now we got to the finger fish. These are little fish that you fry up in cornmeal. Bones and all and eat them because they're tiny. I want to try this, but it's not easy for me to get an appropriately little fish. You don't want to use canned sardines. They're going to fall apart. Yeah. Well, didn't you... I do fish, but the fish I catch are just a little too large. I thought you used a smaller one, like something small enough. Yeah, I would have to catch small enough fish. What would I have to do? Put out the minnow trap and... Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I've eaten minnows, but the minnows I catch are just a little too large and bony to do this with. Uh, I have had um, fried smelt years ago from when I lived in Massachusetts, where it was mm. easier to go out and catch smelt. If you go to the right area. So I do have a fair idea, you know, what this would be like. But it wouldn't be easy for me to make it again. Oh, and then the modern finger fish is just making fish fingers. You know, fish sticks. Halibut and egg and breadcrumbs. and It's not the same thing at all. There's a sweet corn uh, fritters. You've made fritters of some kind, not this. I made I, I made corn fritters recently. Oh, so not from this recipe, but nope. You did corn fritters, and they were good. And I don't think I yeah I didn't try any, and now I regret it, but. Is um oat bread, cream of mushroom and snail soup. There you go. Now, I've never tried snail. Either you tried snail? Oh yeah, snail's good if it's. Prepared, Mom just shook right? her head. Uh, I don't eat snails and. All right, if you use the right hands. species mm -hmm. and you know know what you're doing and if they're cooked right. Uh, some escargot and uh, some something like uh, olive oil or something like that, you know, so, or white wine sauce. That's very, very, very delicious. Um, well, here's the expert. Okay, not necessarily lying oh. on its own. You have it with things, but you have to have it in a light sauce, and it's it's got to be done right. Um, Oh, and it's uh, Tyrion eating these. I would have thought it was Joffrey and Sansa. Well, mm. I think they did too. You know, sweet pumpkin soup. No, pumpkin, that's another. It's a... It's a North American vegetable that... Because Westeros is not totally correspond to Europe. It's got <laughs> stuff like that. And there's a summer green salad and a Sansa salad. 
which sounds similar enough that I think they're different versions of the same thing. I I made the sounds okay f- about the summer green salad. Yeah, it's a salad. It's got um, gorgonzola and pecans and arugula, fennel, grapes, jam. That's different. Well, the picture shows a borage flower in it. That's a uh, real medieval flower from you know use back then. I grew some in the garden last year. They taste kind of like a lighter cucumber flavor. And in the actual uh, medieval times, people believed that it had a property of um, increasing courage. Um, No comment there as to it. (laughs) I've eaten them. Now the Sansa salad... It's um, also pretty basic salad with you know spinach and it's got mint leaves, edible flowers. They recommend violets or uh, primroses. Now, not I don't believe every flower labeled primrose is actually edible, so be careful what you have if you're gonna do that. I made it with pansies. And it was good. And I ended up sharing it with Bill's iguana. Yeah. And the iguana enjoyed it and gave me the look, oh, give me more. And I did. (laughs) Buttered carrots, (coughs) Roman and modern. These are also, you know, nothing really unusual here. It's buttered carrots. It's got um, scallions in the modern one. Roman has um, wine, vinegar, honey, and cumin. Raisins. Fish tarts. Sounds good. I've never done it. It's little tiny tarts with some uh, salmon in them. And the modern fish tart has puff pastry and for some reason it's got blackberries with the fish. Now I'm open to trying that. that. It seems a bit uh, of an odd combination. Now I'm all for odd combinations, but and there's a cheese and onion pie. Has a lot of eggs in it. Do you think this is some kind of quiche? What do you think? Modern cheese and onion. Hang on, that's was that the medieval or the modern on that page? Medieval cheese and onion. Uh. With that many eggs, it sounds like a quiche. It looks like a Definitely looks like a quiche. Yeah, I agree. I'll say that. Ah, and here we go. Pigeon pie. 
very King's Landing recipe. And um, I think we both associate it with Joffrey. Right, Bill? Yep. And it calls for five pigeons. Now, if you're substituting duck, I don't think you'd want to use five. Because duck's a lot bigger. Yeah, pigeon's not so much eaten anymore, and when it is, it's considered a bit of a fancy gourmet. You okay? Yeah. <coughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's still eaten in rural areas. Even then, isn't it usually the morning dove that people are... Like, oh, this entire bird, you make a single jalapeno popper with it. Like those Texas pages. Yeah. I I wouldn't be cool with that. Well. Uh, that would be an act of desperation for food. There's a white bean and a bacon... I'm not sure what they mean by white bean. They mean like cannellini beans or... I guess. I'm not sure. Just call them white beans. Boza brown. Okay. <laughs> this... Boza brown are your... You're a peasant and you go to a... Uh, pot shop and get the medieval equivalent of fast cheap you know food and uh, this recipe it's calling for beef soup bones and goat meat and round steak and chicken thighs and game hen and you're leaving the bones and everything it's um, a lot of different meat and uh, I'm a little iffy about putting the bones in something that's not you know a finger food like you're just gonna have to pick them out after anyway unless you want to choke on them and oh there's a cook's note if you are putting a whole bird into the pot be sure to warn your guests about the possibility of small bones when we served this we turned the meal into a competition to see who had the most bones left in the bowl at the end and names the winner rattle shirt really really you think you'd have the least bones that'd be the competition eat them bones no, don't eat them bones. Now, about uh, bowls of brown. This is much nicer meat than they would have. Bowls of brown are, that you put in whatever questionable meat you got and you say it's chicken in, in King's Landing. Um, that was the dish I was thinking of. Yeah, you're talking like they'd be passing off rat, possibly dog or cat, uh... A problematic bard that has been made to uh, disappear. Yeah. You get the idea. You don't want to eat the balls of brown. Yeah. Um, well, this is much more edible than the book accurate version of this, except for the whole small bones factor.
quails drowned in butter, which is a, a Tyrion thing. Quails, a lot of butter, more butter, butter. Um, Elizabeth and butter sauce, unsalted butter, honey. And that's another, oh my goodness, that bird is so tiny. I mean, I guess I'm a little bit of a hypocrite here because of the small fish. But uh, I, I wouldn't feel right about a bird that's not even a full meal for one person. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think I'd sooner do a chicken with the same kind of flavoring and feed the whole family on one bird. Uh, There's a picture of these little coils and uh, coil eggs and... Quail eggs are easier to find than quail. Yeah. And the recipe doesn't even mention eggs, but quail eggs, you know, go to some of the rural farmers, go to Chinese grocery. <laughs> the pet store has them for lizards, not that I would recommend eating any you got at the pet store. Uh There's an almond-crusted uh, trout, which I have tried. I think I put too much dill in and overpowered the trout with it. Yeah. Roasted boar from uh, the Tyrells. Now, I can't get boar. I know... It depends on where you live. You know, maybe you got you know some kind of gourmet kind of grocery that has game meat, or maybe you live out in the nowhere's in Texas and you hunt the wild hogs on your. <laughs> you know, I used regular pork, which is not quite the same. Boar is dark meat because of where they live and what they eat, and um, doesn't really look like regular pork chop. Now, I did this with a pork chop instead of the boar tenderloins, and it did come out tasting good, but I'm sure not quite authentic. And the wine sauce, I messed that up, I think, because, like, the picture, it looks decent, and when I made that wine sauce, it came out looking like purple mud. Um, Peaches and honey, haven't done that one. There's a couple of apricot tart recipes. Lemon cakes, Sansa lemon cakes. Um, there's Elizabethan and modern. I uh, I did the modern. It's actually kind of sour, which I liked. I mean, in comparison with what you'd expect from a cake. Right. Iced milk with honey from uh, Maester Picel. Okay. okay, I used almond milk, which I think you're supposed to use the real thing, not that I think it really impacted it much. Um, And the honey I used, now you can use any honey. I decided to be a little Game of thrones here, and I put in uh, killer bee honey because I had some from a beekeeper. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And... 
on the next section. Darn. So anyway, Dorn, it's the most southernmost region of Westeros, and it's it's a desert climate, and I would say their food is kind of a combination inspired of like Spain, maybe <laughs> Turkish, and Mexican. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my kind of food. Yes, right. I see. And, oh yeah, they've got dragon peppers, and... Um, the way they're described in the book, some of them sound like they're very spicy. Oh, um, there's a knight who's like his eyes are burning just walking past somebody cooking outside in the open air. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, anyway, the first is breakfast in Dorne, and this is your yeah, scrambled egg with peppers in it and uh, onion. Now, the peppers shown in this recipe, only one of them I would call hot by any stretch, the jalapeno, and the rest are cubanelle, bell pepper, cherry bell pepper. I don't care if cherry bells are somewhat labeled as hot. They're not, really. Unless there's some out there that are actually hot that I haven't tried yet. Um, Poblano maybe have the slightest bit of zip if you wait till they're really red and to me they don't but um mom bit into one and found a hot one so Mm -hmm. um now to me that's not up to scratch on the spicy level and I'd put in some things that are much hotter um but it also says that you can improvise according to your spice sensitivity. And when this came up in the books, this was not in Dorne. This was cooked in King's Landing when they had some Dornish guests over. Maybe King's Landing isn't up to scratch with it either. You know, maybe, uh, maybe the Dornish who visited were not finding it hot enough right. uh, either. How I feel when I go to the average restaurant and ask for spicy. But yeah, if you want it even less spicy, you can leave out that jalapeno. If you want it even more spicy, you can use peppers of any heat level you want. Um, I've had scrambled eggs with some uh, ghost and scorpion peppers in it. and Yeah, you did. Yes, I have. Um, there's a flatbread recipe, which um, I haven't done, and I have been less than great at attempting flatbread-like things. I I tend to burn that. Um, I did like a dwarven flatbread from another cookbook, and that didn't turn out so great with me. Picture looks good. The secret is keeping an eye on it. Don't leave the kitchen. Um, there's a chickpea paste, or uh, better known as hummus. And 
I would say it's from scratch, except for it's calling for a can of the garbanzo beans. And, you know, all the way from scratch, you know, you'd be, like, reconstituting dried ones or getting them fresh. Or... Yeah. Uh, the picture looks delicious. Uh, stuffed grape leaves. Uh, most stuffed grape leaves are vegetarian. These aren't. Um, they have a ground lamb in them. And it uh, calls for the quote-unquote fiery dragon pepper. Now, dragon pepper is not a real thing. I know there's a pepper called Thai dragon. Um, this calls for a hot pepper such as a jalapeno. I always imagine dragon peppers as exceeding jalapeno. I'm picturing, like, the really hot type of cayennes, or maybe as hot as the um, Thai and then once again, yeah, I think you can kind of do what you want with the pepper level here. Um, I would like to try this. I haven't had so much access to a grape leaf source. Um, I know there's some places where some grapevines grow in the wild. And I've planted some grapevines last year, and I hope some of them survive. If they do, then I can uh, have a go at making this. Um... What's the name for these at a Greek restaurant? Dolomedes? <laughs> the grape stuffed leaves. <laughs> I am not sure. Hey, yeah, Pop, we don't need right. drama. Now, the uh, next recipe is for a Dornish snake with fiery sauce, and... It's Dolma. D-O-L-M-A. Now, before I go on my typical rant about how the peppers called for are less than especially hot, this is calling for actual rattlesnake meat. Now, snake meat is authentic to Dorn. I can't tell you, the listener, what to because I'm not, you know, vegan, but I cannot personally endorse eating a snake. Especially since, unless you hunt it yourself, there's a good chance that any snake meat you buy, like, off of the internet or at a store may have been sourced from something called a rattlesnake roundup, which have some pretty notoriously... Unsustainable and unethical practices of hunting the snake. Yeah. Um. Now I did still want to like try how the sauce would taste, and I ended up making this recipe with a kielbasa instead, to at least have the snakey kind of shape right. And I made it with two different sauces. I did it as it said, um, which has a stone ground mustard, spicy peppers such as ancho according to your comfort level. Now, ancho is, for one thing, way below my comfort level, and this is what, uh, 
what was his name, like, Aries Okart was, like, walking past and his eyes were burning because somebody was cooking this outside. I think it goes for the hotter pepper than that. Um, now, in the actual book, um, they're also putting snake venom in. Now, the cookbook, for obvious reasons, does not. You know, it's, it's got lemon juice and honey. They're yellow. Um, you don't want to do anything with snake venom. Um, when I tried to change it a bit to my liking, I put in a ton of crazy hot peppers and I ended up burning the sauce pretty bad. And if, if there's anything hotter than hot peppers, it's burned hot peppers. I actually took it a bit too far. It's got a little pomegranate seeds that you um, garnish with. The sauce does taste nice. But like I said, I, I can't tell you what to do here, but I, I don't put an endorsement on the, the snake meat. Um, next recipe is duck with lemons, which, um, that's what, uh, Angar the Archer liked. Um, uh, the picture looks good. I have not actually cooked duck before. It's duck, it's got root vegetables, lemon, lemon juice... Um, it's got the pomegranate seed garnish just like that previous snake recipe did. Don't see it actually calling for pomegranate, but the picture's got it. Lemon sweet, which, um, think of it as like an early lemonade. Yeah. Um, I did the modern one, which, um... You're actually cooking down honey and um, vanilla and water, and so it's all, you know, melted together. A little syrup you can add, and you put in a bunch, a uh, sprig of thyme. It was really good, despite being sweet. I prefer my lemon on the sour side. Um, yeah, much like um, a certain... Gerald Dane, I am of the night, Dark Star. Where his, like, not putting sugar in his lemonade was like... Yeah. They treated it like a reflection of his edginess. Yes, he did. Well, Dark Star, I can uh, pour myself a cup of straight lime juice with no sugar and drink it. Beat that. Um, on to the Across the Narrow Sea section. This would be... Um, what, like, Tyrion and Jorah may have had while traveling, or Daenerys. Um, breakfast in Marine. You know the drill, it's not really a recipe so much as a collection of different foods. Um, now there, there is, a the hard-boiled eggs that are preferably duck eggs. I tried both duck and chicken. You're cracking the eggs and you're soaking them in, like, a soy with 
tea tea bag in it and it makes kind of a pattern on the um inside of the egg after you take the shell off i didn't think the flavor was anything to really um be worth bothering with that above you know having the egg in general but it does look cool and maybe a little dragony sausage whatever your favorite kind is now i'll when Daenerys was having it, the sausage was dog meat. I don't recommend that at all because pretty much a bunch of the countries across the Narrow Sea, um, dogs are not so much uh, treated the same way as. Well, you mean meat made from a dog, not meat. Yes. Uh, Earmarked for a dog. Okay. No, I mean, like, lots of people ate dog. This just says sausage, your favorite kind. And my favorite kind, whatever it is, definitely does not involve dog in any way. Uh, my dog might want it. Uh, this wine with, like, it's honeyed. Yeah, wine for breakfast. That's, uh... There's a uh, biscuits and bacon. Now you made that. On one of our trying to make up Hobbit foods, yeah. you used this biscuit and bacon recipe, and it was good. It feels more like something that would be King's Landing, but honey spice locusts. I've I've made that. I posted that online various places. People are. Impressed, disturbed, don't believe I really ate it until I show a picture of me popping one in my mouth. Honey spice locusts. Uh, you can get freeze-dried crickets or locusts. I actually went to the trouble of getting actual locusts. Yeah, you can get them locusts. online. Um, they may be a little difficult to get, but there are sources for edible insects and you just put them in like a saucepan and do them up with honey and the Aleppo pepper and a little bit of butter and they keep quite a while in a Ziploc after you're done and I've eaten them I've added them to um, other food like uh, I put some of those in some Chinese food um, I put it on ice cream like a topping like as if they were nuts Beet soup. I think this is similar to borscht here. I haven't done it. The Tyroshi honey fingers. That's like a Roman kind of thing. You um, have these bread sticks with honey and nuts and you, you're frying them in a pan. They were kind of a lot of work. Winter cakes. These look like cookies. I haven't made them yet. They do look good. Tyroshi pear brandy. Now this isn't making brandy from scratch. You're taking brandy and like, putting pears in it and a fruit protector powder and brewing them for like a month. Um, there's an ice cream minty drink. Now this sounds really good. It's got mint and matcha. Now, in the context of the story... Oh boy, this is, 
This was in Volantis, and it was slaves giving up this uh, mint train. So that, uh, that unsavory bit aside, the shrink itself sounds good. Um, the modern version has honeydew in it, which I think would be a bit sweet. But... And ginger ale. Mm. I'm not liking that idea so much. Mm. And the last bit, there's um, a recipe for sweetening wine with honey, which is part of that breakfast in Marine. And then there's a last bit about, um, like, styling up your serving so it looks like you're having a medieval feast. Um, you know, you've had some of my, you've had some of the recipes, uh, you cooked, um, and you cooked a couple of them. Right. You have any final, uh, remarks on it? Well, we'll keep making them. And we'll keep reviewing them. And we'll keep reviewing them. Um, I think it's fun writing or cooking recipes from other parts of the world. I think uh, it's from cool trying fantasy recipes. Fandoms. Um, it's just fun. It kind of spices up life. And uh, these. Uh... Writers Chelsea Monroe Cassell and Sirian Lehrer, they've written a bunch of other fandom cookbooks, so you know, check out their other stuff. Um, check out the Inn at the Crossroads website. Yeah, highly recommend it. And uh, we'll be doing more Game of Thrones and eventually more cooking related stuff too. Um, thank you for listening to Casting Into the Fire podcast. All right, All right. have a good night. Good night. All right.